Hi folks, welcome to Lords of Order. This is a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. I am your host, Ed Moore. Be informed, be aware. I'll let you know. This is a spoiler podcast. Uh, particularly this in the next episode, I'll be talking about the two most recent issues of uh, the current Dr. Fate volume. If you want to send uh, any email about that or any other Dr. Fate related thing, you can send it to the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. The website, bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate, you can leave comments there. Lords of Order has Facebook and Google Plus pages both. And uh, if you twit uh, or tweet, as it were, Teal Productions, if you want to twit at me about uh, Dr. Fate or about any of the other podcasts that I do or podcasts that you think I might be interested in, anything like that. Now, as I said, Dr. Fate, this is the 2015 volume, the most recent volume, issue 12. Paul Levitz and Sonny Liu are storytellers. Lee Lofbridge on colors and Seda Tenofante on letters. Uh, now, first, I do want to... Nah, I'll wait until the end of the show. The cover, uh, we have all of the principals here. We have Dr. Fate, who is Khalid Nasur. We have his parents. We have his pet cat, or the family's pet cat, Puck, who turns out to be an avatar for Bastet. So maybe it's not Puck, maybe it's Bastet. They could be two different uh, entities, two different creatures. Uh, It's hard to say. I'm not really sure it matters, truly. And then we have his two female companions, Shea, who is the more current, more modern uh, female companion for him, the one that he is uh, involved with. And we have Akila who is a female that is perhaps older than Khalid uh, and is the more traditional, uh, from what I gather, um, Muslim um, female uh, example in his life. Uh, not even his mom is that because his mom is uh, Caucasian, is American, met dad over in Egypt, which I'll bring up again here in a little bit uh, by the end of the episode because it, it proves to be pretty um, uh, pivotal to a, a story point that occurs. Khalid is facing the repercussions of letting his school studies slide. He is at an expulsion hearing being held by the dean of the medical school that he is attending and one of, or perhaps his at this point being a freshman, primary professor. Uh, with all of his other responsibilities, um, with Anubis trying to destroy the world, with the freaky Caesar ghost uh, Egyptian um, embassy storyline we just got finished up, uh, Khalid has a lot going on, and his studies in medical school are the uh, lowest thing on his current keep up with list okay and it's it's showing and he's facing the consequences of that in the midst of this the professor goes to get some information that the uh, dean asks for and while he's going over continuing his conversation with Khalid he collapses uh, an apparent heart attack we see that his dad Muhammad is an EMT in the ambulance that responds um, now, you guys help me out. I don't recall any word being given that his dad was an EMT here. I know he was a medical doctor of some sort in Egypt. I know he was a taxi driver here. 
I don't remember him being an EMT had been brought up before. And Muhammad mentions, his dad mentions, that Khalid was an EMT or a volunteer EMT. I don't recall having heard that before this issue either. Um, Perhaps I missed that. Perhaps it's a slight retconning, which is no big deal at this point in Khalid's story. Uh, But they're, they're on the way. They get the call. They're on the way. Meanwhile, Khalid is trying to do something to help his professor. And in the midst of this, he sees the professor's bah leave. Uh, to go on its journey to the underworld. Deciding that he has the power to prevent that, to prevent his professor from dying, his his dean, he dons the helmet and uh, flies out after the uh, the bah, uh, the soul, uh, the doctor's soul, as it's leaving, going on its trip. Well, he catches up to it, but when he does, it's on the other side. Uh, he is in the underworld. The underworld is the home plane, we'll say, of Anubis. Now, if you recall from the initial storyline for this volume, at the end, Anubis told Khalid that if they ever met again, Khalid would not escape him. He would not live. So, uh, Anubis has been, uh, in a way, looking forward to this opportunity, but as uh, gods, uh, as they're portrayed typically are, they are they are very uh, long-minded. They remember, and so Anubis brings this up immediately. We see that Bastet senses that Khalid has uh, has moved on. Uh, he is no longer in this realm, and pretty much writes him off. It seems um, the the last of the sequence of panels, Bastet is saying, "Next time, I shall have to choose my champion more carefully." Uh, so he or she. Um, Bastet, I'm not sure what the gender is, doesn't feel that Khalid is going to be coming back. So we cut back to Khalid and Anubis. They're going back and forth. We see that Khalid sustains some physical damage that doesn't heal like he is able to heal himself in the prime material plane, in our, in our plane. Um, he, he does manage to ultimately uh, capture the Ba and escape Anubis's realm. Now, after this, there's a scene that occurs that strikes me as very interesting. We have some people here uh, that I had to go back and look up. And one, um, well, no, no, I, I think I, I did find them all. Okay, it's it's on a bridge, and we have um, the rabbi who we saw in issue eight when Khalid was walking on the pier or on, on some walk next to the uh, Great Lake that they're at, um, or no, uh, it's it's in New York, I'm sorry, uh, the harbor. And there was a rabbi that came up and was speaking to them. That rabbi appears here. There's a woman. I believe this woman is the woman that appeared to Khalid, also in issue 8. Now, I think all of these things, yeah, all of these things, I think, harken back to issue 8. Uh, the woman that was carrying, um, th- uh, not Thoth, um, I can't remember his name now, and I didn't write it down. Uh, but was carrying someone in a um, a sphere and gave this person to Khalid when he was Dr. Fate over in France, uh, saving, uh, tr- trying to figure out how he was going to save the world, if he's going to do it one you know, disaster at a time, um, h- how exactly he was going to accomplish it. Um, she is here. Uh, she wasn't given a name in that appearance that I, I remembered. Uh, Bastet 
slash puck is here. And a dog is here, a talking dog. And I believe this dog looks a little different, but I believe this dog is supposed to be Sheba, who was the dog that was with one of Khalid's high school teachers that he spoke to at the end of issue eight, that that teacher seemed to know more than he was letting on, as did this rabbi in his appearance. Uh, But more importantly, this teacher was with this talking dog that he named Sheba. Um, Now, I didn't, now that I think about it, I didn't look it up. Uh, The name Sheba doesn't strike me as an Egyptian god's name, so I I don't understand. Maybe there's something there I'm missing uh, by the fact that the animal is named Sheba. Well, they're all talking. Because I assume what has happened, or uh, Khalid has gone to the underworld and come back on his own, Bastet has determined that Khalid no longer needs her, his, guidance and is is moving on. The woman is speaking to Bastet about freeing uh, the poor beast that Bastet is inhabiting, uh, being the using the cat, the, the physicality of the cat as the avatar. So perhaps that means that this female is some sort of Egyptian goddess of animals or of cats, something like that. So she dissipates, Bastet dissipates, leaving the rabbi and the dog, who have a uh, short conversation here about Khalid, uh, and then we move on to the story. So I assume that the rabbi and the dog, if this is indeed Sheba, will continue to be characters in the book. I'm kind of um, disappointed that Bastet will be gone, because I, I kind of liked the fact that his house cat Puck was the avatar of Bastet, or Bastet in that form. That was kind of cool. Um, the EMTs get to the school. Uh, everything that Khalid did, which, of course, everything that he did was in physical form, uh, CPR because he was an EMT, which, as I said, I didn't know about, um, worked to saving the dean. Shea has heard and has run into Khalid. She was looking for him, run into him. She gives him a big lip lock. Uh, which is the most affection we've seen between these two. She did give him a peck on the cheek earlier. So I'm wondering if their relationship has always been at this level or if it is moving to the next level because of how she feels about him in that now he is a hero um, because he has done something heroic in saving the Dean. A uh, couple panels here of a conversation between uh, Kila and Mohammed, Khalid's dad, uh, the, the the traditional kind of talk because his his father is a, is a traditional Muslim again that's my take uh, much more so than Elizabeth the wife uh, much more so than he expects Khalid to be and so uh, he you know he is this representation Akila is the same representation external to the family so they're they're having a a fundamental talk or a more um, old old world talk we then go inside and we see that Elizabeth is making cookies and is conversing with someone as she's making these cookies Khalid, Mohammed come home, Khalid finally home from school Mohammed was sitting out on the stoop waiting for him, had the conversation with Akila, now has walked back inside with Khalid they're talking and we have the introduction to who this person is that has been speaking to Elizabeth Uh, Elizabeth 
is speaking to Khalid as the introductions are being made, and he is shaking hands with this individual. She says, Khalid, say hello. Your great uncle has come a long way to see you. Khalid responds, I'm so glad to finally meet you, Uncle Kent. He continues, it's so cool to meet the legendary Kent Nelson. Kent says, thanks, but I think you may have something that belongs to me. And we see them at the bottom of a full-page spread, okay? And the upper two-thirds are the two of them, they're, they're two fate aspects uh, facing off, in essence, as they were, uh, being overseen by this character that I can't remember his name. It's the wizard that was formerly uh, possessed the helmet of Thoth, and his name just is completely eluding me. Alrighty, so looking some things up. Uh, first of all, to be a great uncle, Kent Nelson has to be the child of one of Elizabeth's grandparents' sibling. Okay? The child of one of Elizabeth's grandparents' sibling. Now, we do have biological mother and father both for Kent Nelson, if you go back and look it up. So, presumably, that is the connection. Um, In issue four, when... Khalid first really speaks to this professor, uh, the same professor that was at his disciplinary hearing. He mentions that he's going to assume, rather than Khalid, he's going to assume the name Kent in his medical practice. So there uh, we have a hint, we have the drop of the fact that they're going to connect these two at some point, and I am assuming now is going to be the point in the storytelling, where the old Dr. Fate, which Kent Nelson is the golden age, Dr. Fate. So this is all all the way back to the beginning. And may I say, the way that he is being drawn in this book, he does not look like he was in his 20s or 30s just prior to World War II at all. But that's neither here nor there. Magic, you do whatever you want. Uh, So we have the introduction here of Kent Nelson meeting the current Dr. Fate. He's apparently wanting something that's his. And that's where we end it. So... Um, I want to thank everybody that has hung around. Uh, It's been about a month since I did these shows after trying to do them weekly for quite a while. I appreciate you still listening. Uh, Those of you that have left, I'm sorry that you've left. Uh, Perhaps you'll be missing out on a good podcast. Who knows? Whatever. But I I apologize for those of you that I drove away. I especially want to thank the handful of people that did um, reach out when I said I was going to take a hiatus. asking, checking, ensuring everything was okay. Uh, creative burnout is what the issue was. I, I think I'm over it to for the, for the most extent. We'll see here over the next month or so what I do. I also want to say a howdy and a thanks to the Sutherlands, Darren and Ruth. Ran into them last weekend at HeroCon. Had a cool conversation with them. They have always been really good supporters of this and many of the Teal Production shows, um, as well as my wife and the show that Terry and I do as well. Very supportive, uh, very communicative. They very much, in my mind, embody the kind of fans uh, and the fandom that make podcasting right now, particularly comic book podcasting, so much fun and so enjoyable. Uh, the Sutherlands, they have three shows of their own that are 
excellently done, excellently well produced. They have Trekker Talk. They have Xenozoic, Xenozoic Xenotales. And they have Warlord Worlds. Uh, And I apologize, guys, if I messed up Xenozoic. All those were off the top of my head. I didn't write that down either. Um, Check those podcasts out. All well done. I think you'll enjoy all of them, whether you've read the material or not. Whether you're familiar with the material or not, they are just, they're a joy to listen to. Just excellently done. And and I, I appreciate their friendship. I know my wife Terry does as well. She's not on this one with me. We'll probably say something on the Thor podcast also, so that Terry has a chance to chime in. But I just wanted to take that opportunity. Next time out, guys, will be Dr. Fate, the current volume, issue 13. And I will talk to you guys more then. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0, unported license.